to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And we'd like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose. And parables and object lessons are what we're looking at. And um, for reference, this is... Uh, Parables and Object Lessons, Freedom to Choose, program number 13. Uh, if you want to refer to that, you can um, you can find that. The program's listed on the website, and you can go back and check them out, um, if you, especially if you find one you want to hear again or some that you haven't heard. Uh, right. We have all of our previously recorded uh, radio programs there. Mm-hmm. And that's www.justasiamministries.com. Mm-hmm. And Susan, would you open today's program with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for uh, another opportunity to talk about parables and object lessons and how you try to communicate with us and um, your desire to communicate to us uh, the truth about who you are. So please send your spirit to be with us and to um, help each one listening to hear those things that are most important to hear and help us to speak those things that you would have us to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, you said something in the prayer about how God tries to communicate with us. <laughs> well, I think um, he does communicate. It's, it's, the, it's the receiving It's the receiving end, end yes. that's, that's corrupt, right? Right. We have a, you know, he doesn't have a sending problem. We have a receiving problem. You know, right. last time we did, uh, we looked at hidden treasure, and today, I, you know, we want to follow up on this hidden treasure thing, and and what we determined last time uh, was the field that the treasure was found in, and that, of course, was the Bible, mm-hmm. was the field that the treasure was found in, mm-hmm. and what was the hidden treasure, of course, was the gospel, or I prefer the truth about God. And the reason why um, I say that is because Satan's made God out to be someone he's not. A God that's just lying and waiting for you to do something wrong so he can nail you. And he's not represented as a physician that's looking to heal you in a lot of uh, circles. And uh, I think that's a big deal. I think that uh, the picture of God that, that, uh, that we, the lens we look through when we look at the Bible is very important. And if we're looking for that physician, uh, then we're looking for healing. Right. Somebody that can take care of our, our sick minds, right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk today about healing and how to use God's healing ways to make real change in our lives and how to live free from the inside out, not just by stamping out our bad behavior, because you can't stamp out sin. You have to crowd it out. But what do we, um, how do we crowd it out? Mm-hmm. And we've talked before, you know, what are um, words? Words are symbols of ideas. Right. And then we bring up the big term what is for three letters? It's yeah, awfully it's a big, big term. term. What is sin? <laughs> right. right. What is sin? Right. And you know, there's 
of course, the Bible says it's transgression of the law. Then we can ask, okay, what law? Right. And and on down the line. And of course, it's transgression of the law of love. And what is transgression? And and, and we can go. Uh, so we've come up with some some de- uh, some definitions in the healing model that are um, that. Um, causes a person to think well it just it just makes it very plain yeah and it's yeah. very self-explanatory it's ver- when you get into it sin simply put is selfishness sin is seeking a legitimate need in an illegitimate way for example you know we all want to be loved we all need love it's a legitimate need mm-hmm. but we can seek that love in an illegitimate way can we not right we all need material possessions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we can seek those material possessions in an illegitimate way by stealing. See, mm-hmm. so sin, it's its not the act. It's actually sin is an attitude of rebellion. Sin is uh, basically the exploitation of others for selfish gain. Sin is breaking the law of love, mm-hmm. you know? In, in other words... Um, Instead of giving, we are takers. Right. We take for selfish gain, exploit for selfish gain. You know, the, the last six of the commandments are, you know, don't take your father and mother's reputation. Don't take life. Don't take their stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't take their wife. Mm-hmm. Don't take, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's don't take, don't take, don't take. Right. And so sin is, you know, in the exploitation of others for selfish gain. See, by wrong habits, we lose self-control. We lose the ability to reason correctly about matters that intimately concern everyone, and we hurt people. We exploit people. We sin. Mm-hmm. By wrong habits, I can almost imperceptibly make myself a wreck. And when I'm a wreck, guess what? I hurt myself, and I hurt others. It doesn't have to be drug or alcohol related. Usually for me, if something does something for me, it will do something to me. And I like to put it this way, alcohol comes in many forms. Sugar, slot machines, gossip. Once again, if it does something for me, it will do something to me. And I just thought we'd go through some habits that can kill. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a list here. We're going to start with anger and resentment. Okay. So it's it's almost... You say habit, but it's almost like, you know, so we're referencing alcohol, but it's almost an addiction. You're drawn to continue to do the behavior over and over again. So mm-hmm. when you're angry mm-hmm. and you're resentful, right. you will be drawn to continue to behave in that manner. See, and that, that anger and resentment is serving a purpose, even though it's a detrimental purpose, it is serving a purpose purpose to the individual that is angry and resentful. Right. It's, Somehow it's stoking some fire, and they're right, running off of that. Right, or it could be justification or um, just um, and, and not having to be accountable to oneself, and so you can blame other yeah, people. Yeah, you keep looking for, outside. Exactly, right, exactly. Right. So number two is uh, bad eating habits. Okay, Let's talk about that. Boy, when you start down on a bad track of eating mm. bad eating bad food, I, I don't know about you, but I'm like a roller coaster running downhill, uh-huh. or a snowball going downhill. Yeah. It just gathers steam and gets bigger and bigger. Uh-huh. When, I'm, when I'm eating well and um, treating, you know, eating good food and everything, everything is okay. But boy, once you start that slip, mm-hmm. um, it's something that can... Um, I mean, you no, know, get out of control quickly. Okay, so, so what do you mean out of control? Do we start eating too many calories, too much sugar, too, uh, 
this, D, that, all of the above. Yeah, exactly. And it's doing harmful things to our bodies, right. isn't it? Right. Yeah. Because okay. then you, I think that, you know, if we're not, if, if you know, we, we have learned that um, having good nutrition is essential to our bodies yeah. running appropriately. Running efficiently. Right. Yeah. And, your, your car runs on gas. You don't put water in the gas tank. Right. So that's why we, you know, focus on putting good food in and therefore, you know, you feel better, you do better. You, yeah. Everything, everything just works better. You get better sleep, everything. Everything works. Better. Right. You have more energy. So, um, yeah, that can that can totally get out of control. Um, habits that can kill. How about a poor devotional life? OK, so you can have a good devotional life mm-hmm. as a habit, but mm-hmm. you can also have a poor devotional right. life as a habit. Worth. Everybody has a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Some have good relationships, and some people have bad rela- relationships. Mm-hmm. See, and e- either one of their, them are a trend of the life. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, just so for those of us that do sometimes get have a poor devotional life, there's always hope. There's always a starting point. You mm-hmm. know, um, every day that we wake up, that can be a brand new beginning for our relationship with God. You know, I find with starting new habits. Mm-hmm. It's the activity of simply starting it, not the duration. Right. So it might be if if you have if you realize that you have a poor devotional life, it might be just something as simple as every morning pick the Bible or a, or a devotional book up and read a few sentences mm-hmm. and just get in the habit of doing that. Right. And then once that habit is established, read read a little bit more, uh, ponder the text, pray mm-hmm. about it, but but. It's just get into the habit of picking that book up first play of the game. Right. And and then things will kind of take care of themselves from there on. Right. You know? Right. So how about a sedentary lifestyle? Okay. What is a sedentary lifestyle? Uh, Not being very active. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and um, some people can't be very active. Mm-hmm. We understand that. But mm-hmm. if... The, but. Uh, I know for me, the older I get, the more active I have to force myself to be. Mm-hmm. And then I keep my weight down and I stay alert and I feel better and I have energy. And, well, it, and it, it was interesting because today I was in front of the computer, which I haven't been just straight through. I mean, I didn't get up and it was for like four hours. And boy, when I got up, I could barely walk mm-hmm. because... Um, you know, that's that's basically what happens to us in a nutshell. If we're sitting mm-hmm. all the time, that can be really detrimental to our health. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know for me, what I do is I take about a 20-minute or a half-hour walk after lunch every day and one after dinner every night. And that uh, not only burns enough calories for me to to, to uh, keep my weight stable, mm-hmm. but not only that, it sets my metabolism, I feel better, I, my brain chemistry seems right. like it's better, I have a more positive attitude. Well, and, and see, I think the thing is, too, is that, you know, we need to be taking care of ourselves. We can't rely upon our boss or or even our partner or anybody to help us to do what's right for ourselves. We need to be really proactive and, and looking yeah. out for ourselves. Yeah, those organs that you have inside you, they need oxygen. Yep. They need all the, the nutrients. And mm-hmm. when and it's something, once again, in beginning a habit, if it's a five-minute walk, right. do the five-minute yeah. walk and start Absolutely. just establish the habit. And right. then increase as you and can. And then grows, yeah. Yeah, because walking is, is fine. You, we don't have to go run a four-minute mile. No. Just walking. So another habit that can kill is playing God. Ooh, now you are stepping on some toes here. Uh, we never play God, do we? How about being angry when things don't go my way? 
Hmm. Hmm. See, and here's the here's where I get in a pickle, if you will. Um. I'll state it like this: We shouldn't pray to change God's mind. Pray for Him to change ours. Hmm. The Bible says, "Let this mind be in you mm-hmm. that was in Christ Jesus." But it seems like we're always trying to pray to God to change His mind. Mm-hmm. And I've I've come to to find out and to realize that I get angry when things don't go my way, and so I have found that my resentments are when things didn't go my way in the past. My anger and my depression are when things aren't going my way in the present. And my fear is when I anticipate that things aren't going to go my way in the future. See, so I have, and I would call my way my will, but I have this this will of mine that is wanting to play God and wanting to control everything. And when it doesn't go the way my will wants, I have real problems. And so um, what did... Well, we can look at the Bible and, and sure. we can see where Jesus, you know, was really struggling in the Garden of Gethsemane and not, um, right. you know, he was going to be facing some really tough things. And he prayed to God three times, not mm-hmm. not my will, but thy will be done. Yeah, because his human nature mm-hmm. did not want to go through with this thing. Right. Right. And right. see, it's our, it's okay for our human natures to tug at us and and... We have those fears, but courage is not the elimination of fear. Courage is meeting your fears and walking through them. Right. Jesus met his fears head on and walked through them by the grace of God and through the power of God and through his connection with God. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, what about, does, how about being judgmental? Does that equal playing God? Mm-hmm. Expecting people to act the way we want them to. Now, think about this. How insane is that? Who's the sick person when we expect something out of someone that they don't have to give. You know what I'm saying? Because don't, I mean, I get into that trap. I, if that person would just do this or act this way. Right, and, and, that, and exactly. They don't have that to give. I'm the crazy person when I'm expecting something from someone in a situation that they don't have to give. Right, and and then judging them for wrongly. Not, for not pulling it off. Exactly. You know? Right, because compassion means to sit in someone else's pain, not to judge them for the way they act while they're in the pain, right. but to actually sit in their pain and understand that we, possibly under the same circumstances, might act the exact same way that they have. That's right. You know, and we just scratched the surface here, but by nurturing habits that can kill, we can lose out on happiness. Our neglect to cultivate pure, healthful principles places us under the control of habits that can ruin our peace. Right, and we know that uh, Christ is the truth, his words are truth, and they have a deeper significance than what appears on the surface. All the scenes of Christ have infinite value beyond their, their basic appearance. That's right. All the, all the sayings of Christ do, and, I, you know, and minds that are being healed by the Holy Spirit will discern the value of the things that Jesus says and his ways of dealing with people and in life in general. Right, because minds that are being healed by the Holy Spirit will discern the precious gems of truth, even though they may have to dig for them, just like the hidden treasure in the parable. That's right. So, you know, let's, let's, dig, let's dig a little hidden gem of truth here, um, and let's, let's look at Romans 12.20, because it says here, and when I, when I re- read this uh, 
kind of looking through a different lens, I about came out of my chair. So we're we're talking about God's character. God's character. Right, and, and finding and, a gem in the Bible. Finding a gem, okay. yes. And so, because remember, we're talking about hidden treasure here, and, and, and the Bible is the field, and the gospel, or the truth about God, is the treasure that's in the field. So it says in Romans 12, 20, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And there's a word there that says, Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. For in doing so, you shall heap coals of fire on your head. On his head. On his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So I just something kind of clicked there. Mm -hmm. God said, You know what? If you live godly principles, one of two things is going to happen to someone who's done you wrong. It's going to be like either they're going to embrace or it's going to be like heaping coals of fire on them. And I thought, you know what? If we acted godly, that's how God would get his vengeance. Right. Be- because how did he, what did he do with Judas? Mm-hmm. He washed his feet. Mm-hmm. I think that so many times we look at the scripture and we isolate it from Jesus's life, mm-hmm. and we 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 say, um, "I'm going to let my anger go for now," because God will get him anyway. Because God's going to vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and so He will repay them. And so I don't need to worry about getting my vengeance on them because God is going to do it for me, and, and He'll make them pay. Right. Yet we have instruction right here on how to act. Right. And it'll be like heaping coals of fire on their head. See? And so God is saying, love awakens love. Mm -hmm. Love wins love. Mm -hmm. And if love repulses somebody, then I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. And and, and that love that Jesus came in, that God came in human flesh, and he actually repulsed some of them Pharisees, was God God himself in human human flesh couldn't convince them that he was God and that God was love. He just couldn't do it. Right, because you can look at the scripture and you can you can use the old adage, "Well, say as I do, do you, say as say as I do, not don't do as I or do as I say, do as I not, say, not as, as I, I do, do." Right? Yeah. So God is saying, you know, I'm totally different. You go get them, and then I'll get, take revenge out on them. And God is not a god of revenge. Nope. He's not. He's telling us how to act right there because that's how he acts and that's how love acts. Right. Love awakens love. Love doesn't coerce. Love doesn't win by force. Love doesn't do anything of those things. Love loves unconditionally. If you look in um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, what is it all about? Mm-hmm. It's all about love and how love acts. And if we don't have that... And so I think I think we can look at this and say... The vengeance is similar to what a doctor does to someone who has cancer. Mm-hmm. The yeah. doctor takes vengeance out on the disease. God takes vengeance out on the sin that causes us to be further and further away from him. He's he want his whole goal is to restore. Mm-hmm. God is a restorer, he's a creator, he's a sustainer. Yeah. He is the one that makes everything happen. He does not want anyone to perish. Right. But right. all should come to repentance. All, come to, all get well. Yes, all, all be healed. All be and, healed and, and get so well. And so if we can look at God like that, wow, it would just you know flip Christianity upside down. Yeah. Yep. So we have to dig for these things, though, don't we? Because sharp— And, and, and oh, here's something really important, too, that c- clear perceptions of truth won't come to lazy people. It takes patient, persevering effort. In the same way, if men are successful in business, you'll find that they have a will to do— and they have a faith to look for results, and it's the same thing. 
we should have a will to cooperate with God in his ways, in his healing ways, and our, our, our mission, if you will, or our goal should be to help all of God's kids get well. To, to, and to do whatever it takes for God to help all of God's kids get well by showing them who God is. Right. And we, you know, we all need to be reading God's word. We all should be studying it with our whole heart, praying and searching for truth, just like we were searching for hidden treasure. The thing is, is that none of us know all truth and being willing to say, yeah, I am, you know, back to that playing God. I am not God. I don't mm. know everything. Yeah. And I am willing to learn. Yeah. I am gonna. I want to be a student for the rest of eternity. Yeah, uh, and that's all God asks for is a humble, teachable spirit, a humble, teachable person. Um, and if we're teachable, then he can work with us. Right. You know? So we can go to um, uh, what Jesus said in, in the book of John. And he said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work that thou hast given me to do. Okay, so we're going to ask the question based on that text. What is eternal life? It's to To know know God. God. What would be eternal death? To not know God. Right. Pretty simple. What was the work then that Jesus came to do? He says, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. So, and, 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 and that is... He hasn't even gone to the cross yet, but right. he said, in other words, I've revealed your character so people will know you, because knowing you is eternal life, and behind, by beholding, we become changed. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we have to dig for this, don't we? Absolutely. Just like just like a miner explores the earth for a vein of gold. Yeah. You know, we need to be continually searching the Bible to find, um, you know, those the, the gems of truth. truth. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and I'm going to ask a question here. Does a go- gold miner know what he's looking for? Yes. Okay. When we study the Bible, what are we looking for? Are we going to look at it as a code book on, on a way to behave? Or is it a revelation of God's character? We have to know what we're looking for. Yeah, because if, if we're looking for God's character, by beholding, we become changed, mm-hmm. right? Is it about the things David did wrong or about the spirit that prompted him to write Psalm, Psalm 51? Is it about David who finally came around, or is it about the God who brought him around? Or take Paul. Is it the things that Paul did wrong, or about the spirit that prompted him to write all the books in the New Testament? Is it about Paul who finally came around, or is it about God who brought him around? Right. When we're reading the Bible, is it about Peter who finally got it, or is it about the God he fell in love with and the love that caused him to get it. See, and I think that's the biggest treasure of all, yeah. is to know that God, who God is, yeah. that he's a healer. He's a healer, and he's, yep. and, and he's not there to get us in trouble. We're already in trouble. We're not, he's not there to punish us for our sin. Our, we're punished by our sins. And he's there to help our hereditary and cultivated sins and the ideas to change, right. because that's what he can do. That's he right. has that power he to help us. He has that power. Never stop searching for the God who changed all these men, Moses, Solomon, Peter, Paul, uh, David. Uh, it, it just never stop searching for him, and, uh, and never stop searching for how he did it. It will strengthen your relationship with God. Whatever you sow you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it, John 14, 13, and 14. What does it mean, ask in my name? 
Remember, Revelation 14 says that they have the Father's name written in their forehead? That's character. Mm -hmm. So if we ask anything according to God's character, he'll give it to us. He'll he'll help us to help others. I remember in, 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 in the end of Psalm 51, David says, forgive my sins, wash me clean. But then right a couple lines up from the bottom, he says, and I will teach others about your love and others will repent and come to you. It's just, Amen. it's just a fascinating, it's, but, but it's a package deal. God, you, God uses us. See, we don't use the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses us. Right. Yeah. So we're going to have to wrap it up here um, and uh, get going. But uh, just if you want, we have some resources so you can uh, drop us a line and request resource. You can request, uh, what is it? Could, it? could it be this simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Uh-huh. It's a workbook that we have. And just uh, drop us a line, www.justasiamministries.com, or call us at 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 